This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. Welcome to episode 55. Hope you guys have had a cracking week. How have you been, buddy? Yes, I've been great. Yeah, it's been a good week, actually. I'm not happy with you. Why? You know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, would it be because, actually, you're not the only one that's not happy. My remote control canine is furious. <sighs> In fact, I had to run down the path and stop him from leaving the other day. So, put out. Because, I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah. Um, for the benefit of the listeners and anyone who hasn't seen my Facebook page, I've I had a delivery yesterday of a little fella called BB-8, um, who's from the new Star Wars film, Force Awakens. Um, he's like a little voice-activated toy. Uh, well, actually, he's not that little, and he weighs a ton. Um, yeah, he's absolutely awesome. Yeah. I am just like, oh, I love it. It's my new favourite toy, which is why K9's a bit put out. No, I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> but you got some cool Star Wars stuff. I got a few bits. Yeah. All in Star Wars. Uh, when, sorry, not not to do a Star Wars takeover or anything, but Adam and I are getting quite excited about the new film coming up December. There is, and there's something about that little droid. I mean, I haven't even met him on the big screen yet. It's just something about BB-8 that I I just love him already. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what's Maybe, cool about him? What? Is that they've done him as a physical, actual model that moves without CG. Yes. Oh, right. Okay, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, there are a few... Um, a few scenes in a movie where he is CG, um, but the the most part, it's actually a physical model. So you know, like it's basically a, a large sphere, and then he's got yeah. like this dome thing on top. And for some reason, for somehow, they've managed to do it where the the dome on top stays on top as he's rolling around and stuff. Yeah, I know. I just love it. It's it just awesome. It's sort of simple but really clever at the same time. I just love it. Jack. I really hope he turns out to be good. I hope he's not going to turn out to be like Jar Jar Binks. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm sure he won't. Because, uh, yeah, he just looks cool and oh, I absolutely love it. Cool, he's on my, it's on my shelf, yeah. <sighs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what have you been up to, man, other than buying cool Yeah, I was going to say, stuff. for those listening that think they've tuned into a Star Wars podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Doctor Who podcast. Um, Doctor Who-wise, um, I've been listening to the last adventure. I've listened to the first two stories. Oh, cool. Uh, so Colin Baker's um, regeneration set for Big Finish. Uh, really enjoying that. Um, first story... Uh, is good not not amazing but good um second story really really enjoyed um i've enjoyed both but yeah i found the first one a little bit um don't know sort of didn't really go anywhere but it still was enjoyable so yeah i'm really enjoying that and i finally the uh complete history doctor Who, the complete history books or mag whatever you, you want to call it let's hit the shops because um i saw a few friends had this ages ago they did like uh what do they call it when they a test area? So there was sort of like one miniature part of the country that, that got it to yeah. see how well it sold. So this thing sort of seemed felt like it came out ages ago, and I was getting quite jealous of a of a friend of mine called Ben who was doing reviews of it. And I was like, where can I get this thing? Um, but it finally got released yesterday, and the first issue is one ninety nine. So I snapped that up, 
Um, oh, yeah. And uh, actually, I had to go get a bus to go and get it, actually, because my local news agents didn't have it, which was annoying. So I had to go into the next town and get it. But it was worth it. It's, it's, I don't know. Have you got it yet? No. I'm actually seriously thinking of subscribing because I wanted to see the first issue to sort of get an idea of whether it was good or not. Um, I'm really quite impressed, actually. I mean, it's a good, solid book. It's got loads of information. It's got loads of great photos, loads of great artwork as well. Um, I know that the price goes up massively. So the first one's $1.99, then it goes up. I am aware of that. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I would, I would subscribe to it in a heartbeat. The only thing that's stopping me is that I just don't know where they'd all go. I mean, I'm seriously running out of space, as you can imagine. And I ju it's just, yeah, I just don't know where I would put them because mm. it's a mm -hmm. fairly reasonable sized book. Um, and if, when you get the whole set, I mean, I think it's going to go on for three years or something mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And there's yeah, loads so of them, isn't there? Like 90 of them or something like that? Yeah, it's Maybe. a lot of books. I think they do it fortnightly, so it's two a month. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm really, really torn on it because it's 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 pretty good i'm quite impressed yeah okay so i don't know but are you not tempted with this one no no i'm going to pick up the first one see what it's like yeah. um yeah i'm just wary of these um these uh subscription things yeah. only because i don't know it's it, it seems quite cool and I'm, I'm really up for the idea of having you know the whole behind the scenes thing you know on a regular because i love all that stuff but mm. i don't know when you top up the price after over a few years we're talking like hundreds of pounds that's yeah i know that is the other thing yeah it's not uh when you work out over over those three years it's a lot of money yeah uh, and for that collection mm. yeah and we you know it's not like we don't spend you know money on doctor <laughs> who stuff I know. as it is yeah um, so i don't know i might pick up the first one though yeah definitely yeah pick it up it's tenant as well and you like tenant so yeah, it's a good, good. Oh, yes. It's, it's, oh yes, it's perfect. And one ninety nine, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with one ninety nine, <laughs> can you? No. So what? <laughs> apart from buying Star Wars stuff, what else you been up to this this week? Uh, what else been up to? Um, not a lot really. Um, been watching um, the uh, review episode. Yes, yes. I, I was getting a bit worried because I watched the first two episodes at the start of the week, and I thought oh, I've got a couple of days to watch three and four. And then it was as if the week went by in a blur. It's like I was abducted by aliens or something. Because yesterday, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It, you know, we're recording tomorrow. I haven't watched episode three or four. So I was like, yeah, I've, I've managed to fit it in yesterday. But I don't know where this week's gone. <laughs> Sucked into a black hole. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah not much else, really. Um, but managed, uh, we've managed to watch uh, something else, though. I know. Just should, cool. oh, yeah, I know. I don't know if we should talk about it. But oh, yeah, it's, it's hard not to talk about it, isn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah, because you you would have seen on you guys would have seen on Twitter or Facebook that um, we we've seen the series nine opener. Yes, and, and that was um, quite a surprise. I mean, uh, you know, you 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 have sort of been emailing the BBC back and forth for a while now about this about the possibility of getting a um, preview episode so we could sort of get the podcast out and stuff. And um, I I was really surprised when it happened. To be honest, I mean, when you when you messaged me and said, oh. You know, they've given it us. We've got it. I, I literally couldn't believe it. And I thought until I actually sat watching, I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, it's, it's made it really difficult because we just can't say anything. And um, I think it's fair to say we're both buzzing, aren't we? Yes. And, yeah, we're not going to give away why I we're think. buzzing, whether it's good or bad, whatever. You'll have to wait for our review mm -hmm. week after next. Yeah, um, we're going to have a lot to say, let's put it that way. Yes, that's one thing we will say about it. There is a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's cool. been cool. Um, 
Uh, so the other good thing about that is, you know, getting these episodes a little a, a tad earlier is that we can watch them, watch them through a good couple of times and, you know, analyze them a bit more so that our reviews are like top notch for you guys so that we don't miss anything. And, you know, it's yeah. all in depth and stuff. So it's all good. Yeah, because I must admit, I have watched, I've already watched this one twice. And um, I think it's fair to say there's an awful lot um, going on. Uh, so, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And also, I really hope we get the following episode early because um, I'm going to a concert that night. And I was, you know, everybody knows that they're all two parters in this story um, and this series, I mean. So I was thinking, oh, no, I'm not going to get to see, you know, the witch is <laughs> familiar the night it goes out. So hopefully I actually will get to see it because. Um, I already just cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Good times. Good times. Um, what else been up to? Just mainly watching TV, really. <laughs> well, that, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, continue the old Red Dwarf. I'm going, uh, you probably heard me mention that over the last few weeks on a bit of a Red Dwarf rewatch. So mm. um, I think I'm going through series seven or series eight at the minute. How many series of just Red cool. Dwarf do they do? Because they, they do keep coming back, don't they? Like, yeah, I think they stopped at, um, I think it was nine or ten, and then they did oh, um, right. a Back to Earth, but then they're filming two new series, which is going to start this year, so 11 and 12 uh, will be next year. And have they still got it? Is it still good, do you think? Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, they. I think it dipped down a little bit as we get into series, the one the series that I'm on now, which I think is, I'm, I'm, I'm on series eight, um, as it sort of got to the edge of, or the end of the um, um, that stuff, it did kind of dip down a little bit. Um, but then when they came back with Back to Earth, that was really, really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then the last, you know, the series that went out, the new series after that went out on Dave, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, that was really, really good. So, um, yeah, I love I loved The Dwarf. Yeah, I used cool. to watch it back in the day. I I haven't watched it for for a while. I must admit, I kind of lost lost track of it somewhere along the line. But yeah, I used to I used to watch it. It's a cool convention as well. I might try and get to that next year. A Red Dwarf convention. Yeah, it's really cool. Ah. It's called um, uh, Dimension Jump. All right, and, um, where's that? Uh, it's not in one place. They have it at like different venues. Um, but it's very cool. It's um. Uh, I was looking into it the last couple of days. I've seen some YouTube videos and stuff like that. And um, they always seem to get good guests at that one from Red Dwarf. They normally get most of the cast there uh, and some other bits and pieces. And um, it looks really good. So, yeah. I can see you going cosplaying as um, Lister. <laughs> Lister. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the ultimate Red Dwarf uh, cosplay has got to be Crichton, hasn't it? Oh, Crichton, yeah. If you can yes. pull that off, you know, to a decent degree, then, then that's <laughs> Well, I was cool. trying to think who I'd go as if I was going. I'd probably be Holly, just a head. <laughs> but, the, but the male one, obviously. Well, I don't know. I could go with the female yeah, one. Yeah, just a, a jet black suit. Yeah, that's an easy one, that's isn't it? Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember when I was at the sci-fi costume parade I went to a couple of years ago, there was, lo as you can imagine, loads of Doctor Who in it. Um, some The Cybermen there were unbelievable. And uh, my partner... I had the easiest costume ever, basically just beige trousers and a black top. Um, <laughs> and everyone kept saying, who are you meant to be? And all I did was I stuck a prisoner badge on that black top with the number six and the bike. And I'm not even exaggerating. Within seconds, he had four people come over going, oh, you're a prisoner. Oh, you like the prisoner. And it, the, <laughs> it doesn't even know what the show is. It's just it's like it's the easiest cosplay ever, just black top, you know, beige trousers and a badge. <laughs> Sometimes, so, yeah. you know, less is more. Exactly. Minimal exactly. works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyways, no, indeed. This yeah. is, we know this is not a Star Wars or a Red Dwarf we've, podcast. Wow, we've, we've covered a lot. We've done Star Wars, Red Dwarf, The Prisoner. What's going on? 10 minutes. I don't know. We better get into some Who, hadn't we? I was going to say, it's a Doctor Who. Shall we do the news? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> First up in the news this week, um, so for the Series 9, we've now got a confirmed start time mm. from those lovely folks at the Beeb, because um, for some reason this wasn't, the start time has been confirmed in loads of other countries for like weeks now, um, but for some reason the UK has not had a time until now. So set your clocks, set your alarms, um, so Saturday the 19th in the UK, 7.40. 7.40, yeah. PM. Good. It's a good time, actually. It's a good one, isn't it? Because sometimes they put it on around 6 o'clock, which I think is too early. 7.40 sort of is a good evening, settle down, getting dark outside time slot, I think. Yes. It's pretty cool. What did it go out last year? Was it 8 o'clock or half 8 or something? Well, this is one of the things that does um, grind my gears a bit, is that they, <laughs> they always seem to chop and change the time. So this one goes out at 7.40 and then next week it might be quarter past eight. And then, do you know what I mean? That, that they've done that for the last couple of years and it kind of annoys me because... Is, is this a rant coming it's, I Well, it's a mini rant because, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I like, you know, I'm a geek. I like things set in stone and I like to know that something's on at a certain time and it throws me when they do that. You know what I mean? It's, it messes with my OCD. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see what time The Witch is Familiar is going to wear. But I hope they stick to around the same time because 7.4 is pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think yeah. um, we definitely need a rant sound effect. We definitely <laughs> yeah. need that. Right, yeah. That out. So, yeah, mm. so 7.40. Um, yeah, I think that is a good time. I think that's quite a cool time. So, and um, so when will that finish? Uh, quarter past eight. Yeah, it's not too bad. Is it putting it, what's it going up against? The X Factor, I should imagine. Um, probably. Does that start again soon? It's already started. Yeah. Oh, it's already started. So, and it's normally around about this sort of time. So I'm assuming it's going up against it. Um, <laughs> Doctor you know. Who, the X Factor. Well, I mean, it used to be a big deal. I mean, the X Factor's kind of waned off a bit in terms of viewing figures lately. So I don't think it's such a big... Because at, at one point, it was quite a big thing, wasn't it, in terms yeah. of, oh, no, Doctor Who's going up against the X Factor, it's doomed, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's really that big a threat uh, anymore. And, you know, I mean, Doctor Who fans are not going to choose the X Factor over Doctor Who anyway, are they? So, yeah, hopefully it won't won't affect it it's more the sort of like i think sort of kids and that whose mums and dads or whatever might want to watch x factor they're like no i want to watch doc 2 it's more that isn't it uh yeah fighting over the channel yeah. sort of thing you know but we've all you know they take um i player figures into account anyway now don't they they do yep. yeah so it's all good which is cool so yeah series nine uh the magician's apprentice 740 don't be late yeah, don't be late. <laughs> right, in other news, um, some with the Torchwood audios from Big Finish, they're actually launching this month. Um, I don't believe the first one's come out yet, but it must be coming out soon. Um, the Conspiracy, the one starring John Barrowman, that's that's out this month. Yeah. Uh, but they have just announced, because they've sort of been giving little tidbits away about the forthcoming stories, and the second one features Gareth David Lloyd as Janto, and the third one they've just announced is going to feature 
Eve Miles and Kai Owen, uh, which, I mean, they're a great pair in anyway. They're brilliant yeah. in the series. So, yeah, that's, that's coming out in November. So that's the third one in the series. So it's really good because it just shows that we're sort of getting all, you know, a bit more of the original cast coming in. You know, we've got Jack, Yanto and uh, Gwen. And what was Kai's character called? I've forgotten. Uh, Kai. Reese. Reese, uh, wasn't it? Reese, yeah. Yeah, of course. Reese. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're getting, you know, a bit more of the original cast coming into Torchwood. And um, I must admit, I haven't pre ordered the Torchwood yet. Um, I don't know whether to get the first one or, or just plunge in and, and sort of get them the series, you know, like subscribe. It's, it's two things it's money, and it comes back to the old thing about space again, because I've got so much big finish um, just sort of piling up that I haven't listened to. So, I, yeah. I really want to listen to these. I. I've just I've held off ordering um, for the time being, but I am definitely going to get these at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it does sound quite cool. I mean, I like the. Um, I think Big Finish have released a trailer for the uh, the first Torchwood one with yeah. John Barrowman, so I'm gonna have to check that out. It should be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those because there are certain things with Big Finish where I just pre-order because. You know, I'm either excited about the characters or the story. But with Torchwood, I'm not saying it's going to be bad at all. I just think I'd rather just see what the reviews are like first on these ones mm. uh, yeah. before I pick them up. But um, uh, the the um, line that they put out from... So uh, producer James Goss put a, a, quite a cool little thing out saying, um, uh, Captain Jack's the poster boy, uh, Yanto's the style, but even Kai are the heart of Torchwood. Um, listening to the two of them back together in utter joy, we pick up the story after Miracle Day. Um, mm. So how has life been treating them? Uh, it's a delight to find out. So it sounds like it's completely canon, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like a continuation. It's like, um, it's because you know, sometimes when you bring characters back into things, uh, sometimes the writers go down this path of, you know, we need like a big event to bring characters back in mm. or something like that. So yeah. this is quite different. This is just a case of, well, Miracle Day is done and dusted. Now we're just picking up, you know, with, with what's going on. So it's quite cool. Um, so well, yeah. That's quite interesting because if this is set after Miracle Day and it's mentioned in Yanto, I mean, Yanto's dead. He's been dead for ages, but he's in the second story. So it makes me think they're, they're obviously kind of like standalone stories set in different timelines of Torchwood then. Yeah, maybe. One would assume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to, uh, so big finish the Torchwood stuff. It does look very cool. I have to check out that trailer for um for the first one. What's it called? The the John Barrowman one. The conspiracy. The conspiracy. That's right. Conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So I will check that out. Um. Yeah. So that's um that is that's big. coming out this month. Yeah. Yeah. This month. Um. Next up in the news, we have um some updates to the Doctor Who festival. Um. So there was a anyone that's bought tickets for this would have seen um. Uh, an email uh, drop in your inbox, I think it was last week or the week before, saying that they were going to announce some new guests and some new stuff. Um, well, those guests are uh, Mark uh, Gattis and Nicholas Briggs. <sighs> oh, that was my wallet just breathing a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a, I thought that was a whatever. Well, it was. <laughs> it was. It's right. both. It's a whatever, and it's my wallet sign, a huge relief, because, um, yeah, not what I was expecting. I was hoping for Jenna, uh, Alex, Maisie, any of those would have been good. I wasn't, uh, I mean, I, I love Danny the effects man. Brilliant, but yep. I'm not going to pay 15 quid for a photo of him. Sorry, Danny, you, you're 
good looking guy and you're great at what you do, but no. And Nick Briggs, yeah, he's probably, you know, he's good, I, I suppose. Um, how much is this photo? See, 15, uh, I think it's, I think it's 15 quid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gattis is, is a good one, but he's only there on the Friday, which I know has peeved quite a bit of um, fandom off. Um, because there was a lot of people saying, "Well, I can't. I want a photo of Mark, but no, he's not on the list." But yeah, he's only appearing on the Friday. Yeah, so, which is a bit, yeah, because so. the majority of people will be there at the weekend. So, um, mm. uh, but yeah, it's, it's quite cool. And then we've got the um, the special effects uh, guys as well. Um, and if you guys don't follow, um, one of the effects companies is called Real SFX, um, and they're really good. They're based in Cardiff, so they, I, I think, they do like ninety nine percent of all the special effects for who. Mm. Um, and if you ha if you don't follow them on Twitter, you should go. I'll put a link in the show notes. Actually, they've got a really good Twitter feed because um, if you're the kind of person that likes like little nuggets of um, uh, behind the scenes stuff while shooting's going on, they quite often pop uh, pics on there of like cast members or um, like cool stuff that they've built, you know, for the, the show at the time and stuff. So yeah, um, they do put some really cool little pics on there, some little nuggets of info which you wouldn't necessarily see on the official Doctor Who Twitter feed and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they're worth checking out. But, um, yeah, so the festival, it's got a bit of a, an updated roster, I guess, um, and some updated stuff. But, yeah, I think a lot of people are hoping for a bit more. I think people are very miffed that Jenna's not there. I think, um, yeah. you know, I saw looking at the Doctor Who Facebook page at the comments. I mean, it was um, they kind of bombarded uh, bombarded the page of a lot of negativity. Um, but it was, I mean, I'm a, I think it's more disappointment, to be honest with you. A lot of people were pointing out, you know, if Jenna's appearing at, there's a Blackpool convention or something. Yep. People are saying, if she can appear at that, how come the BBC can't even get one of the show's leading stars? And it's, I think that's a good point. I mean, this is an official BBC event. You'd expect, I'd expect Jenna to be there, you know, unless yep. there's, a, I mean, I'm, yep. I'm assuming there is a reason she's not, uh, or you know, maybe she still will be there. They just haven't announced it. Maybe they're saving a couple of big guns um, f for a little bit closer towards the event. I mean, we're only a couple of months away. So my gut feeling is oh, that's your lot. But yeah, I don't know. She still might be added, but I, f I find it very surprising that she she's not on the list yet. You know, yeah, me too. Unless they're saving her as the big draw to, to sell those <laughs> remaining tickets closer to it. That's the only thing I can think of, really. Yeah, that, that could be. I mean... I, I'm kind of expecting that to happen, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm kind of expecting like, um, I don't know, like three weeks before the event for announcement to go out, you know, but I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't because I think the, the, um, program for the day and everything is looking pretty jam packed already. Mm. So I think if they try and squeeze anything else in, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense, actually. Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of people were hoping perhaps we might get some classic Doctors and stuff there. I think that's pretty much a no-no. Like you said, it's um, time-wise, it's just I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, if you, yeah, Mark Gattis, Danny Hargreaves, Stephen Moffat hasn't got a photo thing, has he? No, he hasn't got a I don't photo. believe so. No, because no, I did see a few people saying, oh, why isn't he on there? Um, oh, yeah, he's... Surely there must be some people out there who want a photo with Steve-O? I would yeah. say so. <laughs> yeah, um, well, he's, a, he's the showrunner. I saw a couple of my uh, friends uh, got a picture with Russell T. Davis the other day, and he's somebody I'd love to get a photo with. Um, um, he they, he's, was down in Cardiff, and he was apparently was lovely. 
you know, just, they got really great pictures with him. I was very jealous uh, about that. So, I, I mean, I have got a picture with Stephen, uh, but if I hadn't got one, I'd probably get one. He's the showrunner after all, whether you like him or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether you like it or not, yeah. Whether you like it or not. He's in the um, hot seat, so yeah. Those those same two friends, by the way, did also bump into Alex Kingston the two days later, or oh, a yeah, few days yeah. later. Um, I asked for a photo with her, and uh, she declined. Oh. <laughs> she said no. Um, and it's a bit sad, actually, because the two photos they got with Russell are brilliant. They're both, one's dressed up as the... 12th Doctor, one's dressed up as the 7th Doctor and mm. Russell's beaming, he's got a great big smile looks really nice, the picture that they've got of Alex is of her walking down the street, so they've just got a picture of her back with her hair where she just kind of said no and, and walked off Oh man! <laughs> I must admit, I've, I've, I've only ever met Alex at Collectomania um, and to be honest with you, it wasn't a particularly different experience, I paid 20 quid and she wasn't very friendly, uh, I didn't get a photo with her either it wasn't allowed and she wouldn't even sign she wouldn't even dedicate the thing, it was just Alex Kingston, move along but there you go, so maybe she's not really so into the fans yeah, as much not as everyone they, is are they? No, no but uh, yeah. yeah, Russell, I, I desperately want to meet Russell yeah, but he ain't going to be there anyway <laughs> <laughs> right, so what's the last bit of news then um, oh, this is brilliant actually yeah, I knew nothing about this um until you sent me the link this morning, so I had a quick read of it. This sounds really exciting. Gary, do you like your online games? Adam, I do like my online games. Gary, have you ever wanted to create and share your own Doctor Who game? You know what, Adam? I have wanted to do that in the past. <laughs> well, as of September the 15th, you're going to be able to, because um, the Yay! BBC, if you can, yeah, well, I don't know if we'll put, we'll probably put a link into this, won't we, on the thing, but yeah. the BBC uh, on the official website, they've got um, a Doctor Who game made game maker uh that's launching on the 15th of september and i'm just going to read this a little bit to you because it sounds really cool actually the dot two game maker launched on the 15th september is designed to help you create brilliant games using a huge range of heroes monsters and worlds visited by the doctor so basically you're going to be able to do exactly what it says you create your own great game share it it's, they're going to have little tutorials in case you're not too sure how to do it apparently it's very very simple and you're going to be able to inject all of these sort of monsters and stuff from dot two into it and, and and you're going to be able to share it online so others are going to be able to play it you're going to be able to play other people's games it sounds like a really cool thing really cool it does sound awesome and i'm, I'm really happy with the um uh with the bbc doing this stuff recently um a, a few weeks back we we put the um uh, we told you guys about the um project dalek that the bbc did where they wanted you guys to make uh, fan films and all that stuff uh, that was a cool competition i think that's closed now I think it closed yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see what people did for that. And now they've got this, um, again, it's all part of this Make It Digital campaign um, where the Beeb's just trying to get loads of people in line and be creative and stuff. But there isn't a better way to do it than with Doctor Who stuff. So um, this is really cool. So I th I'm thinking it's going to be quite easy to do. Um, it sounds like it from what they're saying, yeah. Because that's the first thing I thought, being yeah. a bit of a technophobe. I was like, "Oh, is it?" Gonna? Yeah, but it sounds like they're gonna. It's going to be quite easy to do. Yeah, um, and it, I, I just can't. I'm going to have a real good play with this one because I think it's going to be cool to just because they did this for the the competition that Project Dalek as well, where they gave you loads of stuff to get started with. So they gave you all of the um, Doctor Who audio packs the logos the character designs and they're going to do the same you know similar thing for this sort of give you all that stuff so you know they're really encouraging that kind of 
creativeness within the fan community. Mm-hmm. And I love that because there isn't many um, uh, companies or TV channels, whatever, that will do that with their franchises and shows. So you have to give props to the BBC for that. That is very cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I second that as well. So that's what I thought when I was reading this this morning. I I love the fact that they're they're really engaging with fans and, and like you said, this whole creative thing. Um, the, the last few sort of little projects that they've released like this, um, I, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, really, really, you know, good on the BBC sort of thing. I think it's really great. Yeah, it is cool. And you never know anything that you create within these kind of uh, competitions or these opportunities and stuff like that could very well get picked up. You know, a lot of, you know, that's happened a few times already now where fans have made things and um, the producers or somebody at the BBC have seen it and gone, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and they'll pick it up and they'll use it. So, you know, go for it. Just, you know, go, just go nuts. Mm, That's it. Yeah. Go crazy. Go crazy. So it's only a couple of days away. In fact, um, yeah, when this goes out tomorrow, you'll be just a few days away from having to. Uh, having that online so you better check that out yeah it goes live on the 15th so um we'll stick a link to that as well cool Coolio. uh that's gonna do it for news Ooh. now we've got to get into our review yes adam what are we doing buddy a cracker of a story this the deadly assassin That music, yeah. Predictable as ever, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> ah, right. The 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 deadly assassin. Mm. Uh, back in November from 1976, when it was originally put out. Um, so a four-parter, 25 minutes each. Uh, which is kind of cool. I like that for classic Who. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, Mr. Baker, Mr. Tom Baker, that is, um, on his own. No yeah, very unusual, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. of course on the previous story, which we haven't reviewed yet, um, Hand of Fear, yeah, we said goodbye to the lovely Sarah Jane yeah. um, in a very touching scene. And it kind of led in slightly to this story, didn't it? It kind of um, yeah. gets the call from Gallifrey and says, you've got to go. Uh, and this story picks up kind of straight on from there, doesn't it? With him getting this sort of, uh, what would you call it, a psychic premonition? A precognitive, pre-cog- a precognitive vision. That's the one. <laughs> what you said, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was quite touching, the, the story before, because mm. um, uh, he actually, it's not one of those things where, you know where, um, w- w- in when we reviewed, um, uh, what was it, a few weeks ago? Um, School reunion. Resurrection of the Daleks. Oh, Resurrection of the Daleks. Um, we had Tegan, you know, off her own oh. steam, you know, leaving the guys. We've also seen it with people like Martha Jones and stuff like that. Quite sad for uh, Sarah Jane in the story before where the doctor actually says, you know, you can't come. Yeah. You know, I I can't take you. This this is the end of the road for you sort of thing. Um, And like you said, it's quite touching. And, and, you know, it's quite quite a difficult watch because Sarah Jane is so good. 
yeah. um, to see her go. And then with this one, you can definitely tell there's a difference in the in the whole vibe of this story when the Doctor's on his own. Yeah, because he has to sort of... I mean, there are scenes where the Doctor's talking to himself. And yeah. uh, with Tom's Doctor, that kind of works. He does carry that off, I think, perhaps it... Because it's, it's always a bit, it's a bit like someone when someone talks too directly to the screen or whatever, it can be a bit, take you out of the action. But it kind of gets away with it in this. Um, yeah. and I think from what I understand, if Tom Baker had, had, it, had, had his way, uh, he wanted to continue the show as him carried it, didn't he? He didn't want a companion. So yeah. he was kind of hoping that this would show that he didn't need a companion. And the writers were kind of hoping, well, the writer, sorry, Robert Holmes, was kind of writing, hoping that uh, this would show Tom that he did. <laughs> so there's a bit of a conflicting interest with this story, I think, in that sense. Yeah. And it's not a bad script by uh, Robert Holmes. It's um, it's pretty good. We'll come on like the overall vibe and stuff in a little while, but mm. um, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, it's a fairly sort of straightforward script, isn't it? Yeah. And the story, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's... Um, there isn't really much to say. It's kind of a, it's a frame job, essentially. Yeah. Um, so the stitch up. It's a stitch up, yeah. So the master's back um, and he frames the doctor. Um, so the, the president of the Time Lords gets assassinated and um, the doctor's been framed. So he's going to go on trial, which ultimately lead, leads to death, basically. Um, so the, while the doctor's... Um, under arrest or whatever, awaiting his trial. He goes on the case to investigate what's going on, um, to try and, you know, free his good name. Uh, at the same time, there's like a sort of underhanded conspiracy going on. One of the um, governors or high people within the Time Lords presidential committee thing <laughs> uh, basically conspired to with the master to kill the president so that he could be president, um, which was the guy called goth chancellor goth goth yeah yep so he conspired to kill the current president um uh, with the master the master basically wanted to frame the doctor and um invoke his ultimate revenge um and kill him uh, the doctor then goes inside uh, the matrix which i'll come on to in a little while um and defeats the master and his uh, lackeys uh, via the power of his mind uh, ultimately freeing his good name um, and there's like a showdown at the end with the master blah 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 the yeah. doctor goes off happy ending that's basically it that's it and, and, and the, yeah and the master's basically just trying to because uh, he's at the end of his life cycle he's basically a sort of mutated skeleton in a black cloak isn't yeah. he by now and, and he looks pretty gross and he's yeah he's basically trying to get the sash and the key and what's the third thing? Yeah, so he needs to get the sash, the sash of Rassilon. That's it. Uh, the key. And what's the other thing? Um, There's three, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, I can't think what the other one is. He's basically else. trying to get them to unlock the sort of Eye of Harmony. The to, Eye of Harmony. Yeah, to rejuvenate, yeah. Um, you know, his life cycle as well. Uh, and also bring down Gallifrey at the same time. So the master's got quite a lot going on that he wants to do. He's got a lot uh, on in his a very plate. short space of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got a grand plan. I think it's fair to say, isn't it, to yeah. sort of kill about four birds with with one stone. Yeah. And of course, the Eye of Harmony comes back for the Doctor Who movie. Mm, it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, nicely, uh, you know, a bit nicer designed for that, ultimately. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that that's basically the gist. It's a frame job, and the Doctor has to um, uh, prove his innocence effectively while at the same time 
at taking down the master before he destroys all of Gallifrey. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Basically. Um, so, yeah. Um, where do we start with this one? So, um, I was I was a bit bored in this one, mate. Were you really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was a little bit bored because... Um, I quite I quite like the I quite like the premise for this and the story was mm. was quite cool but um yeah I, I I just found it in each of the four episodes especially for some reason towards the beginning you know sorry uh, in sort of halfway through each episode I found myself a bit like uh, okay uh, sort of drifting off a bit I was drifting off a little bit mm. yeah it didn't really hold my my attention for that long really and by the end of the fourth episode um, I was, you know, the the showdown with the master at the end was quite cool. Yeah. Um, but the thing, the thing with the, uh, that I think made me drift off a bit was, I think it was the direction mainly. Um, because in each episode there was a lot of, there was quite a few scenes where things moved extremely slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, one, a couple of examples would be, there's there's a, a scene where the Doctor's mind has been transmitted into the matrix thingy um and he's on this planet and um the master has sent chancellor goth in there as well um to try and kill the doctor's mind ultimately killing him yeah um and there's a bit where he's like uh he's running around a quarry for well it couldn't be classic who without a quarry could it (laughs) that's right Um, so he's legging around a quarry for a quarry for a little while um he's wandering through a swamp even the fight scene between the doctor and goth in in the little uh pond thing um was extremely i don't know it was just extremely slow and boring to me a bit dragged out yeah and there's a mm. bit where the doctor's wandering through he's climbing up a tree and he's fired a dart at this guy and it all just i think that just the way it's edited as well you know the scene each scene just seems to be very long you know the way it's cut together and stuff and i was thinking mm. oh this is you know can we speed this up just a tad you know, can we get this going a little bit more? And also some of the conversations as well between the other Time Lords. Right. I think, you know, the guys that they, the actors were, were fairly decent who they got in to play them. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, the best scene to me was between um, uh, the Doctor and the two, uh, the two guys who were, uh, so the, the, the Time Lord that had placed the Doctor under arrest and stuff and was watching over him. Yeah, the guy with the funny accent. Yes, he was. Was he Barusa? No, it's not Barusa. No. It's um. Oh, what's his name? What's his, what's his character name? Is it? It's um, Spandrel. Spandrel, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Spandrel. Spandrel, and then like the really old time lord, who's in? He's like the IT guy. <laughs> he's funny. What's his name? Was that? Who was that? That was. Oh crikey, uh, Runcible. Yes, that's it. Runcible. Runcible. Yeah. 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 So those t- when when it was the Doctor and those two, that that was quite cool. Some of the conversations that they had were were okay, um, but the other times where the Time Lords was talking, it was quite, you know, I, was, I just wasn't really getting much out of it. It, was it wasn't fairly, it wasn't engaging you. No, and then there was this annoying guy as well. He was like this kind of pseudo news reporter guy for Gallifrey. Oh, him! <laughs> he was he was quite annoying, and yeah. So I I know that a lot of you guys were thinking, oh, this is. You know, this is quite a good Tom Baker classic story, but I'll be honest, guys, I just didn't really, didn't really dig into this one. What did you okay. think overall? Well, I, I've always really quite liked this one, actually. Um, yeah, I like the Deadly Assassin. I, I do. I think 
the, 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 the bit you're talking about in the quarry, um, episode three, uh, always sticks in my mind as being the best episode. But having watched it yesterday, I do see what you mean about it being a bit slow. Um, I, I think I'm kind of used to it, though. I didn't sort of feel, I didn't get bored, but, but I know what you mean. It's a very sort of drawn episode, but mm-hmm. I like the sort of um, visuals in it. I like the the weirdness of it, like you know, with the the clown in the sand in the mirror and all the sort of um, <laughs> strange things that we get to see. The doctor with the big needle, the guy in the train. You know, I think I sort of like the the surrealism of of that episode, but I do get where you're coming from. And what one of the things. Uh, I noted yesterday actually was about the direction um, and it's directed by David Maloney who Doctor Who still wore so yep. it, it is a bit flatly directed um, and I would I mean I would have loved to have seen somebody like Dougie Canfield direct this I think he would have really sharpened up because at the heart of it I do really like the story I think there's, there's a lot going for it um, but I do kind of side with you on, on the way it's directed and there, it is a bit sluggish at times Um but I, yeah, overall, I, I quite enjoy it. I like, I like what's going on. I like this sort of um, this battle between the Doctor and the Master all the way through the story, whether it be in the Matrix or the big finale at the end. I kind of, I do like the fact it's a sort of Doctor Master story yeah. at the heart of it, and that them two playing off each other. Um, but yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, and uh, there is, um, there is some very cool things about the story. I really like the whole. Um, uh, being on Gallifrey and the whole mm. Time Lords thing. That, that's quite cool. Um, and it's interesting to see, even back in the classic years, how they portrayed the Time Lords. Because, mm. you know, if you were... A, a lot of the conversations that the Doctor has with either companions or, you know, anybody else, um, the, for some reason, the Time Lords always come, come across as like this very, you know, almost um, like you know, just an amazing race of people who are like these, you know, brilliant minds and, mm. you know, and all sort of thing. But even back here on the classic years, you can tell that, or, or sorry, it's it's blindingly obvious that there's corruption and there's, you know, underhandedness and yeah. and all that stuff, which which I quite like. Um, so so that, that was quite cool. And, and, and I think it was mainly, it, it must have been like time or, or certainly budget and stuff like that, but it would have been cool to see a bit more of where they were you know, in like the uh, the Citadel where they were and stuff like that and a bit more mm. of Gallifrey. Um, so, you know, all that stuff was quite cool. And like I said, the, the supporting cast that they got in, I thought they were quite cool. Even the guy with the weird accent um, <laughs> yeah. uh, wasn't too bad. Um, so there was that and there was some other cool stuff as well, um, such as like this whole idea. Do you know what? The, um, the, the two guys who made the movie The Matrix with Keanu Reeves, mm. They would have definitely seen this. I think so. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly yep. the same. Mm. It's like, you know, it's not your physical uh, body doing anything, going into battle or anything. You know, your mind is, you know, you know, purposefully put into a computer, into a network. And then through your mind, you're controlling everything that's going on within the Matrix. Even the na- They even ripped the name off. Yes, right. I mean, so how did yeah. how did the BBC not file a complete and utter copyright? Well, not a copyright, but like I, I don't know what you call it, but lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something yeah. because they you know the trick. Yeah, the the actual theory behind it, the story is identical. Mm. Um, like if you if you die in the Matrix, you die yeah. in real life, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. um, which is a great concept actually. I think that's one of the thing big things 
that uh, pluses that this story has. One of the things it's got going for it. So it's a, that's a great concept. Yeah. And like you said, nowadays it's easy to sort of overlook that as just being, oh, that's been done. Like you just said, that's been done before. And but if you think about it, back in 1976, that's a really cool, cool yes. idea. Yeah. yeah. And that's what that's one of the things that I did like about it. That whole uh, matrix or. Uh, we haven't called it the APC net, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That whole thing was very cool. I, I, yeah. I like that idea. It was just the fact that once the doctor is inside there, um, you know, it's uh, and I think it goes back to what I say about how it was edited together and so on. Like, mm. there's a scene where he's like dangling off like the edge of a cliff at the quarry, and he's like, he's flung his scarf up round the tree, and he's hanging there. And then there's this guy turns up, like this samurai-looking guy. Um. And that scene lasts for ages. Like the he's looking up at the samurai guy. The guy's drawn his sword and he's standing there. And then it goes back to the doctor and he's like, ah, and it goes back to that guy. Then it goes mm. back to the doctor and he's still hanging there. Then it's these eyes, it, yeah. close up of the eyes. I was thinking, yeah. just cut the freaking scarf already. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but there are some cool stuff. There's some cool stuff though. What did you think to um, the opening of this episode? Because we have this kind of narrative thing don't That's we really but- weird yeah i'd completely forgotten about that um is is a while since i've watched this one actually and yeah when it started with that scrolling text and tom baker reading it sort of reminded me of blackadder or something i was thinking <laughs> what is this you know it's um yeah i don't like that that bit at the start um but the scrolling i don't know it just seems really out of place and, and unusual um, it's sort of i don't know almost sort of takes me out of the story a bit but yeah very unusual start and then it Kind of the first episode is the Doctor sort of just trying to um, hide from the Time Lords, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. basically him yeah. sort of running around uh, trying to figure out what's going on and p- then he picks up the gun, which I think is really strange because he knows that the president, because he's had the premonition, so he knows the president's about to be shot. So it's, it's bizarre that he picks up the gun and looks down the side as if he's about to shoot him. But um, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange first episode, yeah. It is. And I was, I, I didn't really get the whole opening uh, narrative thing with the text scrolling as well. It kind of felt like um, it kind of removes it out of the the continuity of the series because they haven't done that mm. before or after, have they? No, not uh, them. No. Uh, as far as I'm aware, you might be. Able, you guys might be able to correct us on that, but I've, I don't know of any other classic Who story where the Doctor is narrating like you know what's going on in like a Flash Gordon-y, you know, Star Wars kind of thing. I don't know. Um, it kind of felt out of place to me. I mean, I quite. It, I think if if it was a regular thing, that that would have become the norm for that series, you know, you know, it might not have felt out of place as much. But it 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 did remove me a little bit from the series. I I thought to myself, is this like a one off, yeah. you know, isolated story? That's like a, you know, was it a special kind of thing or Christmas yeah. special? I don't know or something like that. I don't know, but. Yeah, no, I did. I did make a note of that. I mean, I was when it when it started. I did think, God, what's what's this? I don't remember. Didn't remember that bit at all. And it is, it is a strange thing. I'm not quite sure why they why they open it like that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back to the Time Lords actually, because another thing I'd forgotten um, is, I mean, the Time Lords is a very powerful race. Um, but in this particular sort of episode, they're very sort. It's very of the time. They're very. They're almost very British. Yes. Reminded me a bit like we talked about before in other stories where. They're incredibly sort of posh. Um, most of them are quite elderly or old, aren't they? Um, yeah. They sort of remind me of a bunch of sort of, um, I don't know, they feel like a sort of committee or something. They do, don't know, they, they, they do come across as powerful in a sense, but they also come across as sort of like um, 
like a load of bumbling old fools as well, don't they? In a way, like the way they talk, yeah. you know, like you said, they're they're all very posh, and that's that's not my cloak and all this. It's all. Don't know. Then they're not quite how I perceive the Time Lords, or or even how they've sort of been portrayed yeah. in other stories. I mean, I was thinking back to um, the Three Doctors when we see them there. They they feel a bit more grand and a bit more sort of powerful, even though yeah. they're not in it that much. Well, but in, in this, they do. They just sort of seem like it's almost like a bit like an old Time Lord's retirement home in a way. Do you <laughs> I know what I mean? I know what you do you mean, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, they're, they're quite likable characters. They're quite sort of. Um, gentle and they don't come across as the big powerful race that 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 um you know i mean we only get to meet a few characters so i'm assuming that we just are focusing on these particular ones that's how i'm playing out my mind you know to sort of excuse it but but yeah they're all just a little bit sort of too posh um for me in this but but it kind of works i mean i do it sort of it adds a bit of a comical element to it i mean like when the doctor's on trial and he's drawing the sketch and that's (laughs) almost played for laughs that scene and it should be quite a serious scene because the doctor's on trial about to be sentenced to death but it's kind of sort of played light-hearted isn't it that particular bit yeah it does it's kind of weird as well to see the doctor just drawing Mm. like cartoony sketches and stuff it's it's like a joke it juxtaposes the the whole seriousness and the weight of, of what's going on. It's, um, yeah, yeah, that whole scene should be, I mean, I get, I get why they did that because the doctor's, you know, he, he's just totally not bothered at all. He's yeah. just, you know, he's just doing something to, you know, to make the time pass a bit quicker, you know, cause he, he, know, he knows that, you know, what they're saying is ultimately, you know, you know, convicting him to something he hasn't done. He just wants to get on and, you know, and sort this out. So I can yeah. see why, why they did that, but it just takes away the, the importance of that scene mm. um and yeah you're absolutely right with this the whole time lords thing i mean if you think about how the time lords are in colin baker's you know very very drawn out you know uh, trial of a time lord mm. they're completely different yeah you know they're yeah. very assertive and very you know very they do come across as each character very powerful and you know and very not, serious sort yes of thing. yeah whereas in this one i like your thing about it, like a retirement home for for uh gallifrey for, retirement yeah. Home. so yeah i i do get that vibe as well you know i'm also thinking about the reporter the the news reporter that you mentioned oh, yeah. he's yeah. very british and it's it's almost again it doesn't it, it feels a little bit too close to um to home in a way in the way it's done because he's he is basically being um like a bbc reporter but in a gallifreyan uh outfit what's what's it what would you call their headgear i can't know what it's called um in one of those, yeah, very cool headgear, shoulder and headgear. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the way he's acting it and the way it's being done, it's very sort of um, as if he's a BBC reporter, isn't it? He's like, "Hello, welcome to the Gallifrey." You know what I mean? It's very <laughs> sort of posh, very sort of thing. But I, uh, he does annoy me that character to begin with. But then there's a little scene between him and the Doctor, which I really quite liked, which is where the reporter's not interested in the Doctor at all, until oh, yeah. the Doctor starts complimenting him, and then he suddenly sort of, oh. He suddenly turns and sort of starts, you know, taking the praise and, and chatting to the Doctor. I did, I liked that little scene between him and the Doctor. But, but again, it, the fact that he is so sort of um, upper class, would you call it, or posh, and, and that, it, again, it yeah. did sort of take me away from the fact that we're supposed to be on Gallifrey um, a little bit. Um, yes, I, yeah, that's why I mentioned him earlier. He's kind yeah. of, again, that was something to me that felt out of place. Yeah, that's what for, I mean. For yeah. this story. Um, and I don't mean to go down a, a completely negative vibe for this for this for this story because it 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 was fairly good. 
um, in, in a lot of places. But there were certain things where, and like I said, it must be down to the, the, the script and a combination of the direction and stuff. You know, there were things that just didn't fit. Mm. Like, um, like the whole importance of, if you think about the, the, the story from a time from the committee's point of view or the presidential committee, whatever, if you think about this from their point of view, their president has just been assassinated in front of them. And as far as they know, because the doctor's been framed, it's a time lord that's come back to Gallifrey to do that. So mm. that's a massive thing. That's like really, imagine if that was to happen, you know, to David Cameron. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so, um, but the whole importance of that and the weight of that story doesn't come across to me. It's almost like, oh, the president's been assassinated. And now they've got this kind of typically British humorous kind of guy doing like a news report. And then we yeah. go on to something else, which is quite funny. So it, it it is kind of weird and it does feel like it's been not correctly kind of written out and stuff. It almost feels like somebody said, right, we need a script for this story. Here's a story that I've got in mind. We need a script for it. Mm. And not enough time's been taken to really go through it. It's kind of been knocked up quickly. Like, right, let's go with that. Yeah, that's what it feels like. So, mm. um, but yeah, so... Yeah. I was going to say, looking at it through a sort of uh, a sort of critical point of view as well, because as I say, I, I quite enjoy this story. But obviously, when you're watching it to make notes and stuff, you sort of do tend to sort of notice things that you wouldn't bother you as a sort of casual viewer when I'm watching it just for enjoyment, but for a view you notice. Because I mean, I I think I might have been getting this slightly mixed up in my head with the um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. The, the other one where the Tom Baker goes back the time I can't, I can't get time warrior out of my head. It's not the time warrior, but but basically, what I didn't think looked very good was actually the sets. Uh, like Gallifrey yeah. looked pretty rubbish to me. Like these sort of because I'm colourblind, but are they green? Those walls. It's got sort of like these yes. shiny, greeny walls, and and it's very dark and dingy, isn't it? And um, as I say, the reason I mentioned that other story is because uh, the one I was thinking of in my head, I thought I thought it kind of looked quite good. The sets, from what I remembered, all these sort of clocks, sort of um, cogs on the wall and stuff. Mm -hmm. What is that story called? The invasion, time invasion. I can't remember now. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah. So I, I'd, again, because I haven't watched this for a while, the first sort of two episodes where it's very much set in that studio set, I was thinking it's really pretty. It looks shoddy. I mean, it's a budget thing. I know it's off the time, <laughs> but but it doesn't. Again, it didn't represent Gallifrey how I was picturing it in my head when I when I started to watch it. I was thinking, you know, the, the sets look pretty rubbish for Gallifrey. <laughs> you know not again yeah, it's know, you know it's of the time but yeah i think in my head i was sort of picturing a different story so i was a little bit disappointed sort of when these spent two episodes sort of walking around these quite dingy looking pretty bad sets i mean the actual sort of um, panopticon bit is fairly decent but again it looks very sort of sparse i suppose you know yes. I, don't th I don't think they haven't gone crazy with the set design you know in which is a shame because when when the doctor visits gallifrey i think you want it to be a little bit more impressive you know but i i get it it's of the time i'm not you know i'm not sort of criticizing it but it's just one of those things that i sort of made a note of thinking no it's not that's not as good as i remember if you know what i mean yeah i read you i think we've seen gallifrey done better in other stories that perhaps aren't as good as this story yes yeah, no, from, from a similar time period. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I completely agree. So the way that the Time Lords were portrayed and as well as, you know, Gallifrey and the little tiny building that we, that, or the sets that we see, mm. I'm assuming that's just a budget thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, because that, that has to be the case. I'm sure if they really wanted to, they would have created these much larger sets and stuff like that. But yeah, don't know. Um, right. What did you think to the master? Let's move on to that guy. Yeah. Peter Pratt. Peter Pratt. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's under a lot, you know, he's under that mask. Um, I think visually he looks good. The only thing with the mask is obviously the eyes don't work. Uh, the eyes don't move. So they look gross and it looks brilliant as a sort of horrific figure. But it kind of has no animation to it in, in that sense to bring it alive. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when we get a great close-up of him looking up and those horrible yellowy slimy eyes, it looks great, but it kind of also just looks like a mask because um, they don't move. So, yeah, in terms of the costume, I, I like the look of it. But I don't think it quite brings the character to life. Yeah. In terms of Peter Pratt as the master, um, I think he does a, a good job with what he's given. I mean, he, yeah, he's just playing it as the evil sort of cloaked villain, really. Yeah, I think he does a, a decent enough job. Yeah, he's got that. He has got that kind of skeletal, skeletal, kind of yes, evil, cackly, you know, <laughs> you know, sinister kind of thing going on, which is quite mm. cool. Um, and I quite like his performance. He's, he's quite cool. Um, I just think that he's hindered too much by by the mask and the costume. Mm. Um, I mean, they've got some bit of movement. I think the jaw moves up and down a little bit, you know, as he's talking. Mm. Um, but that's your lot, really. So you immediately think, you know, there's a guy in a rubber in a rubber mask yeah. or costume, whatever. So you can't help but you can't help but think that. As, as you're watching him, but it didn't really detract too much, to be honest with you. And, and again, I appreciate that, you know, it's kind of, you know, of the time, as we've said, um, and budget and all that stuff. So you kind of, you know, as, as you know, is very often with the case with Classic Q, you do forgive that stuff a lot of the time. Um, and like we've said before, it's kind of the charm as well. You know, yeah. the, the crappy effects and the, you know, the awful puppetry and sometimes stuff, that's the charm you know quite a lot of who but i just think when there's a quite a you know quite an important performance you know from an important character within a series you'd you'd want to kind of spend a little bit more of the money on on, on that stuff like his costume and stuff but because um, i'm trying to think yeah when we get to see the master again in the keeper of Trakin, oh yeah um they kind of you know it's more it's not so much of a sort of solid mask it's uh, it, um yeah it's kind of like a well, it's a similar looking face, but they've kind of sort of applied the makeup more to the actor's face. So it slightly works better in terms of, yeah, giving you a bit more performance, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And it's, um, yeah, but overall, I think it was quite cool. His, his performance anyway. It, yeah. Uh, and the, the only other thing was um, um, his, the way that he delivers his lines and stuff like this. And we've had this before with, um, uh, I think it was one of the, the, the Peter Davison stories that we reviewed. Who was the guy in the big fish suit? What was the episode, the story called? The big fish suit? Yeah. Or was it a fish suit or something like that? <laughs> Are you thinking of uh, Visitation? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, was okay. It, yeah. Uh, well, he's not a fish. He's a, a pterodactyl. A pterodactyl. Uh, pterodactyl, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that's the one. It was, it was that kind of vibe where... Um, where the voice hasn't been treated in any way. So, that, right. so when the actor's delivering the lines on the set, he has to really try and get. He has to really articulate a bit more so than normal because it's everything's muffled by the mask. Yeah, and that was yeah. one of the things that um, I know you can't really get around it because 
you know tv back in the day that's just the way it was but um the audio clip that i played as the as, as an excerpt from that when we first started doing the review you can't really understand many of the words that he's saying especially when there's a lot else going on like collapsing sets and explosions and yeah, because it does go pretty mental at the end, doesn't it? And it does like the doctor it. and him sort of start to have a a bit of a conversation. Yeah, and like you said, in 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 terms of the mayhem, they're kind of you know throwing insults at each other and stuff. And yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it does does yeah. hinder it a little bit. Talking of conversation, actually, one of the notes I made was how little dialogue there is in episode three uh, when the doctor's in the matrix it's uh, there's about four lines in it. Oh yeah, yep. uh, do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, because there's only two. It's a bit of a two-hander, isn't it? It's only Baker and um, and it's Bernard Horsfall, isn't it? Yes. Um, who play into the? Yep. I actually I actually quite like him. He's he's popped up in Doctor a few times, and he was I was thinking he was in the episode we reviewed uh, recently. One of these, the Mind Robber, playing the um, oh, Gulliver. Oh, Gulliver! Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I think he's been a Time Lord as well. Uh, he's been in the War Games as well. But yeah, I quite like him, and he's kind of. He's sort of quite makes he makes quite a good villain. He's quite sort of um, he's got a look about him and his voice and everything. He's I don't know. He's quite sort of menacing. Like even though he's in that sort of black mask for most of the episode, I, I think there's something about him. You know, yeah, because he's kind of used as the the villain for that that whole episode, isn't it? And maybe that's why it drags a bit because it's a very quiet episode, isn't it? It's it's, it's all sort of forest sound effects and um, there is hardly any dialogue at all in episode three. Which is quite no. unusual for Doctor Who. It's all visuals, um, visuals and sound effects, really. And it's, it's also quite, for Doctor Who at the time, it's quite gritty. Um, like, you know, the Doctor's really properly battered and bleeding and shirt ripped. And, you know, it, it's, and, and the scene at the end, obviously, where he's getting drowned, which would cause so much uh, controversy yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that now? Because that, that caused quite an uproar. Um, when this was first showed, do you, do you think do you think it's uncomfortable seeing the? I mean, if you imagine that was a cliffhanger for a kid, him being drowned, is it a little bit uncomfortable, or, or do you not? Yeah, um... because I was surprised to to see on the production notes that when this was repeated, I think it was a year later, they due to the uproar about it, they actually erased the last few seconds from the master tape. Um, so those that actual end scene didn't exist in the BBC archives and. Uh, they restored it on the DVD from an off-air recording. But I'm, I'm surprised they went to that length over that tiny little scene. It was just the last sort of frame of him being drowned that they actually deleted it from the master tape. Um, seems yeah. a little bit over the top to me. I mean, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable image, but I don't know. Does it warrant that, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're just dealing with different, completely different periods of time, aren't we? Mm. I, I think back, back in the day, back in the early 70s, um, it was probably a bit more... You know, you were, I don't think, especially kids anyway, um, were probably not as exposed to the things that we would see nowadays. So from that no. perspective, it's probably, it probably was quite frightening um, or quite, I don't know if shocking's the word, but, you know, it was probably along those lines for, you know, many kids or even adults maybe that were that were watching it. Um, so the I, bit, I mean, the bit that gets me is that is when the the hunter is is on fire in the water and he's screaming. That's I mean, I find that more horrific than the, the yeah, sort of scene. Yeah. Because I was thinking, oh, that's that's quite that's quite grim actually. Like he's probably yeah. you know uh, again kids nowadays probably wouldn't bat an eyelid, but I think you know 
looking back to my childhood and, and even now I think, oh, that's pretty full on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, it's I... not often that we get to see the doctor so battered either. Do you know what I mean? He's really like beaten up in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's quite useless for the, for the most part. If, mm. When he's inside the matrix, it's not until, it's not until the end where he has that, that tear up with, with goth and it's all over that he's, you know, he's kind of made good, but up mm. until that point he was getting his ass kicked for, Big time, majority, yeah. yeah. And when he gets his foot stuck in the train thing, that always makes me wince as well. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I just thought of another tie-in, actually, with the mind robber, because you've got Bernard Horsfall, obviously, with the mind robber as that, as Gulliver. Uh, and also, in The Matrix, the Doctor keeps um, getting away from things like the train and, and any sort of danger by denying reality, doesn't he? He's saying, I deny it. Oh, yeah. Does not, yep. Which is, you know, again, a bit similar to the to the mind robber. But obviously in this, it, it sort of works better because the master just goes, no, this is my world. You know, and if I say you're bleeding, you're bleeding and all yeah. that. So it kind of quickly sort of um, gets gets you out of that get out, if you like. Yeah, yeah no, I read you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so scenes like that, I, I, I can't really see why that was cut. And like you say, the scene with the guy on fire um, in the water is visually a bit more horrific. But um yeah, so I'm, I'm glad they put it back in for the DVD, though. Yeah, um, yeah, I was just very surprised to read that they actually yeah. uh, erased it. I would have thought cut it, you know, by all means, for for a repeat. But, yeah. yeah, but to actually erase it seems seems well over the top. Um, what do we what do we think of Baker in this, though? I was going to say, let's finish on Mr. On, on Tom. For, so mm. um, I thought for I thought for the most part he was he was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there are many. Um, Tom Baker stories where you can say that he's not on form. I think sometime towards the edge of his tenure, um, there are a couple of stories where you can see that because of, you know, as we know now behind the scenes where, you know, there was a bit of friction between him and certain companions or he, mm. he became quite difficult to work with, you know, towards the edge of the end of his time. Um, even then, you know, you can't really say that he's not on form. Um, so, you know, as usual for, for Tom Baker, I really enjoyed his his portrayal as the Doctor, and I really enjoyed his performance and stuff. The only thing that the only thing that I didn't really, when I finished watching it, I I, I didn't think well. There wasn't any like memorable moments from him, if that makes sense. Yes, was, yeah, I know what you mean. Because um, he was consistently good, but I think there's a lot of times with Tom Baker stories where. There's like one scene or one thing that he does that you can take away that was like, yeah, that is like amazing, typical Tom Baker. Like he might pull this crazy face with these massive eyes or he might come out with this really cool one-liner that he delivers really well. Yeah, like the butler, he's so violent in City Death. There's yeah. always a little bit, yeah. Yeah, in this one, I didn't really ha I didn't really get anything like that from him. So while I thought his performance was, was really good, um, you know, consistently throughout... I didn't really take away any of those amazing little Tom Baker moments. I yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the only thing that we get close to that, and uh, it's not even one you'd remember, but it was a nice little line, is is at the end when they're trying to think of what they're going to tell people has happened to the Panopticon, and he just says, um, "Tell him it was down to a subsidence due to a plague of mice," and that's about the one <laughs> sort of witty line that he gets. But like you said, it's not yeah. a m memorable moment. I mean, I only know it because I wrote it down. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I just thought oh, that's yeah. a nice line, but I think I did write it down. Now I think about it, it's because. Yeah, nothing sort of else had, had sort of stood out um, in terms of that, like you said, those little bakerisms that we're used to. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think mainly it's because it's it's a, he's playing it a bit more sort of straight in this one. He's sort of 
he's basically what he's given to do is is mostly be on the run, isn't it? Throughout the whole story, he's just on the run for most of it. So yeah. that's probably why he doesn't really get any sort of moments to sort of spar off people. Um, there's a few nice little bits where he's, you know, like when he's talking to, you know, like the reporter stuff. There's a few tiny little humorous moments and nice moments. But yeah, apart from that, he doesn't really get any of those Bakerisms in the script to, to give us. So, yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. But he's still good. Yeah, he still gives a good performance. It's quite, as I say, it's quite nice to see the Doctor in such peril as he is in episode three. Yeah. Because um, he's always in peril, but in that one you really think, oh, he's, he's really put through the mill. Mm-hmm. So that makes quite a change. Um, I'm kind of glad that he didn't get his way and and do the rest of the show um, as a one-hander. I think it's it's good for the Doctor to have a companion um, yes. yeah. And I think that's what led to a bit of friction when Louise Jameson was brought on board because that took a while for them to to get going. And he, you know, because he wanted to, you know, he wanted the show to be about him. So, but I think this this works as a good one off. Um, I like the yeah. fact that Doctor's on his own. It makes a nice change. But I'm kind of glad that you know in the next story we get we get a companion for him. Yeah. So Leela turns up. Yeah. Yeah, and I like Leela. I like the yeah. Leela's companion. And then they go on to do a couple of amazing stories as well, like Talons and what else is there in this one? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of really, really good episodes coming up in this series. Robots so. of Death is one of my favourites with, yeah. with, with Leela. I absolutely love her in that. We um, yeah. That. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Talons is a classic. Um, I'm just going forward on Wiki because I really want to know that one that you're. I was trying to think of earlier. Um, where I was saying about when the Doctor goes back to Gallifrey, and he takes Leela with him, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it's... Um, is it called The Invasion of Time or something? I was going to say, I think, yeah, The Invasion of Time, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't watched that for a very long time, but I do seem to remember it being quite different, a different feel to it. Um, it might have been in the next series, actually. Maybe that's why. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Leela's with him in that one. Yes, he Good is. On. Memory yeah. plays tricks. Yeah, okay, words as well. you go Canine. Oh yeah, of course, yep. Canine. Yeah, Yay. yeah, that's quite cool actually because Barossa's in that one again, and um, yeah, so that's quite cool. So, well, overall cast-wise, yeah, Baker's good, Pratt good. Um, the people playing the Time Lords, although they're played for laughs, are still good. Um, I do like the bumbling uh, chap, you know, who's um, there's the guy with the funny accent. Uh, what's he saying? Beginning with S, Spandrel, is it? Sp- is it Spandrel? Yeah, I think so. Yep. <laughs> Terrible with names, but yeah. yeah, him and the and the other bumbling guy, Runcible. Run yep. Again, it adds a bit of humour to it, but overall the sort of supporting cast are are decent. Yeah. Yeah. I think. But yeah, they're not really, like you said, not really given a great deal to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, let's move on to scores. I don't think there's anything yeah. else to talk about for this no, one. No, over, yeah. Okay. Um, who's going to go? Who's turn is Your it? turn to go first, I think. Okay. Uh, I will give this a six. A six, right? Okay. Yep. See, I, for me, that's a bit low. I think it's. A, I, I quite like the story. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. An eight? Okay. Yeah, cool. an eight out of ten. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I quite enjoy it. It's a, it's a good one. Okay. Um, I would have scored it slightly higher, um, but the only thing for me was I found it a little bit boring to watch. Um, slightly predictable as well. Predictable as ever, as Doctor. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that line. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I thought that, <laughs> and I thought also that um, the whole. I, while I really was quite excited, you know, and, and quite up for the whole story of being on Gallifrey and seeing all the Time Lords and stuff, they were a bit of a letdown. You know, like you said, a bit like a 
you know, just some bumbling old fools and, you know. <laughs> I have to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I have to be completely honest with you. It, it, watching it again this week, it's, it, it's not quite as good as I remember. I, I, I will say that. I, 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 st- I still really enjoyed it. But in my head, I, I always think of this as being an absolute classic. Um, having watched it again, I still think it's really good. I still really like it. But it didn't quite live up to how my memory had placed it right, I, I will right. I will be honest yeah it, it, I still think it's good though but I don't know there were yeah there were bits of it I thought oh yeah not quite as good as, as my memory held it but still I really like it yeah cool okay so, so eight what, from you six from me yeah what did our listeners think um mm-hmm. only a few uh came through on Facebook so um I don't think it's one of the best stories um uh, hold on we had a guy uh, a guy in on Twitter um, George Garrity, uh, he said, yes, I love this story. I love how the master is creep- creepily manipulating everyone in this. Uh, I have got to say, though, um, parts of the last episode feel a little bit off, but still brilliant, nine out of ten. All right, okay. Cheers, George. Uh, over on Facebook, uh, Lewis Palmer. Uh, the Deadly Assassin is a fantastic story. Um, it really expands the culture of Gallifrey compared to what came before this. Uh, everything inside the Matrix is really creepy, especially the clown shudders. <laughs> and he gave it nine out of ten. Um, so one thing that I forgot to mention earlier, so uh, thank you, Lewis, for reminding me, is the whole culture of Gallifrey thing. It is the first time that um, we we get introduced to the whole Rassilon thing, which is quite important mm. in the whole kind of... Uh, uh, law of of the time laws and Gallifrey and stuff. So, I yeah. did like that actually that 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 they popped Rassilon in there without any backstory. I thought that was yeah. quite cool. Um, Alex Kingdom, uh, he says, love this one. Tom Baker at his best. Uh, the train scene is fantastic, uh, and the master is so creepy. And how he's defeated is great. Nine out of ten again. Talking to the master, yeah, I do love the fact he escapes in his clock at the end. Oh, I, yes. I do, I do yeah. love the ending that we get the the doctor and his arch enemy going both leaving Gallifrey to battle across the universe once again. I do like that. That's quite cool, yeah. Uh, Jeff Waddle, uh, always been one of my favourites, partly because it was so different on transmission. Uh, Watched it again on the Horror Channel the other week, still good, but but dated. Uh, Very surprised at how little the Master is actually in it. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Adam Time Lord Fishwick, I love that name, Uh, A very good and interesting story. And lastly, Jamie Ackerley. Brilliant choice. Uh, Best get a rewatch in. So mostly positive from you guys. Yeah. Well, really positive. Nine out of tens, really. I I got quite a lot of comments on on Geek's Handbag this week. And I think it's because I scheduled my post. And I always schedule it to come out after the blue box. Um, But this week it came out before yours, which I think is why... I ended up getting more because I don't normally. You stole um, the thunder. I stole it, yeah, unintentionally. I, <laughs> I just I'd scheduled it and it, it came out before the blue box. So I did get quite a few. I'll whip through these. Uh, Jace Howells from 500 Year Diary says, possibly the darkest of all the four Doctor stories. Tom is on fine form throughout. This story marks the final appearance of Bernard Horsfall in the show um, playing Goth. I do love and always have loved The Deadly Assassin, one of the best Gallifrey stories. So Jace really rates that one. Harry Walker, truly brilliant story showing Tom Baker can be brilliant without a companion. The Decay Master is particularly disturbing, as is some other imagery in the episode. Yeah, there is some disturbing imagery. I do also love the climax and the way Gallifrey and the Time Lords looked. I heard that the person who designed the Time Lord gear designed the Spider-Man costume for the Sam 
Oh, you'll know how to pronounce that. Rami. Rami. Yep. Rami, Spider-Man Trilogy. He's giving it a 9 out of 10. Okay. And he says, uh, oh, and the third episode inside the Matrix might just be the greatest single episode of the show ever. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Okay. So really likes that. I, th- I do think that the third episode is what sticks in people's minds when they think of the yeah. story. It certainly yeah. is for me. Uh, cousins, our old friend Cousins, 2019. He says, yes, one of my faves. Love the Deadly Assassin. The Master is finally back after a few years. The story does well without a companion. Well, the Time Lords are kind of the Doctor's companion anyway. The ending for episode one or two, I can't remember. Uh, He likes how the show continues from the Hand of Fear. Tom Baker is good as the Doctor, quite different from how he is in later ones. The Master is awesome. Uh, He loves the actor who plays him. He's given this, wait for this one, 11 out of 10. Whoa. So, yeah. He likes it. Cousin loves it. Yeah. Stuart Stockwin. Not not one he's seen as a full story, but what he remembers, it was really intriguing, good episode with good cliffhangers. So he hasn't seen it for a while. Give it a rewatch, Stuart. Kieran Knight, fantastic. <laughs> Tom Baker took the idea of the Doctor as a renegade and just ran with it. And like most times, the Doctor is a victim of circumstance. Peter Pratt is creepy as the master. Bernard Horsfall is suitably grand and the cliffhangers are some of the most intense in Doctor Who. One small criticism is it isn't really accessible for new fans as it's quite deep in mythology. And he's given it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, that's a pretty good point, actually. Yeah. Club Adipose says, love this story. I remember being so gripped reading the book in the corner of the school library. Happy days. (laughs) Cool. Actually, it probably would make a good book. George Coppin, love this story. It's one of my favourite eps of all time. It's creepy and the cliffhangers are brilliant. Thank you for reviewing it. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I think George requested this one, didn't he? Yes. Seem to remember. Yeah, yeah. Glad, glad you enjoyed it, uh, George. Kai McNamee, a cracking Doctor Who twist on the thriller story, t- turning into an interesting, surreal adventure. Tom is on top form. Peter Pratt gives a sinister performance despite his pros- prosthetic restrictions. 9 out of 10. Another 9. Another night, high scores here. Matt Kelly, this is one I'm out of step with. The Matrix is a fascinating idea, but it's botched in execution. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it should have been some spectacular shifted vortex of confusion and wonder. Instead, it's a poor man's Tarzan adventure. Oh. Oh. Uh, Finn Walsh, great story. Really love it. Um, nine out of ten. And okay. just got a couple more. Ben Smith, possibly the greatest Doctor Who story ever. Whoa, the okay. scenes in the Matrix are frightening but absolutely terrific. It shows a corrupt Time Lord society and adds a lot of mythology of the show, like the regeneration limit. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Peter Pratt's master is fantastic and looks extremely creepy. It features some of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. Another masterpiece from Robert Holmes. He's given it a 10 out of 10. And last two, Thomas Andrew Evans. Hello, Thomas. Great story. It was nice to see the fourth Doctor without companion. I also really loved The Decay Master, as that was really creepy. Overall, great episode, 9 out of 10 from Thomas. And finally, Greg Toby, one of my favourite Tom Baker stories. This show shows that we need more Tom Baker stories without any sort of companion. Wow. Uh, Get onto it, you lovely people at Big Finish, he says. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool. So a lot of positive vibes there from from our listeners. Yeah, Yeah, they really like this one. Mm, A lot of love. the deadly assassin i kind of feel a little bit out of place um uh, reviewing it quite low but then you know not gonna not gonna dress it up for you guys when (laughs) that's not how we feel that's that that's not how we roll 
No, fandom would be boring if we all like the same stories. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So thank you very much for sending in your comments um, for The Deadly Assassin. Uh, Dude, what are we going to do next week? Next week, it's the Planet of the Ood, 10th Doctor story. At least I hope it is, because my computer's just completely cracked up. (laughs) Cracked up. (laughs) It is, is, isn't it? Yeah, Planet of the Ood, I believe. It is, yes. Yeah, I'm staring at... um, uh, one of those sad faces that the internet gives you when when a page is gone. You oh, know yeah. the one? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm looking at. But I believe it's Planet of the Ood. You are correct. Mr. Tennant is back. Uh, we haven't oh, done I a thought. Tennant one for a couple of, a f- quite a few weeks now. I think the last, last one was Love and Monsters. And he was only in that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always think this is a two-parter. I've no idea why. I always think of it's a two-parter. But it's not, is it? It's a one no. Yeah. Yep. No idea what I think that. Yeah. And that'll be our last retro review um, before we start reviewing the series nine. Yes. Episodes, which is going to mm. be, uh, which is going to be uh, an awesome time. So uh, what we'll do is, as you, as we've done previously with you guys, um, we will stop doing the retro reviews while series nine is on. So each week we'll just review those, and then once it finishes, we'll then go back to doing the retro ones. But. Um, I think what we will do after Series 9 um, is we'll start throwing in some of the Series 8 episodes in our retro reviews. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Because enough time's, you know, kind of gone by for that now. So yeah. we can throw some some Capaldi ones in there. That would be great. Which will be good. And I think we're going to wrap for 55 there, buddy. Let's do it. Fifty-five done in the can, and it's been very cool going through uh, the news and the deadly assassin. Yeah, I enjoyed talking through that one with you. I'm, it, in a strange way, I'm kind of glad you didn't enjoy it as much as me because it made it made for quite an interesting discussion. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm, I'm not glad you didn't enjoy it, but <laughs> you know what I mean. No, Rita. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, we can't have every episode amazing and everyone loves it. You know, otherwise it wouldn't be an interesting show <laughs> no. or podcast. So no, no. it's all good. So I'm looking forward to Planet of the Ood next week. The Ood, mm. I love that word. The Ood. Mm. Ood, such a yeah, such a great name. The Ood sphere. Um, so that's gonna be cool. I haven't seen that one in a while. I haven't seen it in ages. Yeah, that'd be a good rewatch. Mm. Um, so jump over to our uh, website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Uh, you can listen to all the past episodes on there. Plus, you can jump off and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, and you can also subscribe um, in iTunes also. Um, any, anyone that's listening to this on a website, on a one-off or whatever, and you're wondering how to subscribe, um, that's usually the easiest way through iTunes, but you can, all, you can also find us on Stitcher and uh, Player FM and some other bits and pieces. Just do a search for it, and it will come up somewhere. Um, also check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag over on YouTube and on Facebook yeah new video out well it'll be out tonight which will be last night depending on when you listen to this podcast <laughs> yes yeah looking at forward last. to that mate. Yeah, yes, yeah, at, at last, last I'm back. yay uh, so we will see you uh, uh, next week um, so get your Planet of the Ood uh, DVDs out or Blu-rays and give those a watch ready for our uh, review we've been asking for your thoughts and comments as usual mm. uh, so until then my name's Gary Gary wait Oh no no no! What what? The trivia question. Oh no! Yeah. Because totally I know f- I know we got somebody got it right this week, didn't they? A couple of people, yeah. So I'm yeah. very sorry about that. So right, trivia. <laughs> uh, last week we asked you, 
Uh, which story did Roger Delgado's wife provide her voice? And a couple of people got it right. Um, Alex Kingdom and, well done, Nick, Alex. and Nick English. Thank you very know. much. The answer was, of course, Planet of the Spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Very high-pitched voices. Yeah. Uh, this week's trivia. On what planet are the Voltrox found? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, jump onto Twitter and Facebook for those. Um, give us your answer, and we'll read them out next week. Until then, <laughs> my name's Gary. And uh, my name's Adam. And remember, Alonzo! <laughs> <laughs>